Hi, and welcome to Soul Powerful Parables, stories of rhyme, reason, and God's truth. I'm your host, Dana Buck. Thanks for listening. And if you like the story, please consider subscribing and give us a five-star rating where you enjoy your podcasts. It really helps us. We'd also love to hear from you, so contact us on Facebook at Soul Powerful Parables. Now, settle in, and let's have a story. The Unaccompanied Minor, a so powerful parable by Dana Buck. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Colossians 3, verse 17. What is our response when God does something to inconvenience us? The Unaccompanied Minor. The yellow taxi stops abruptly, skidding to the curb, and I exit to a sidewalk that's so crowded, it's absurd. Pulling on my bag just elevates my rising dander, both the wheels skewed and bent by overzealous baggage handlers. This trip has been like penance for some sin I must atone. Just get me to my plane, to my seat, and fly me home. My journey started yesterday, this harried little gem. The tyrannical alarm clock woke me up at 4 a.m. Once arriving at the airport, then the real fun begins. It's the gauntlet of the traveler, and may the best man win. <laughs> Lines to get a boarding pass, to get a luggage x-ray, to buy a cup of coffee, and to penetrate the jetway. I squeeze into my middle seat a quite compacted client, on my left reclines Paul Bunyan, on my right Andre the Giant. <laughs> Enduring beefy elbows, shoulders, midsections, and knees, I achieve my destination tenderized like cottage cheese. <laughs> and once that stupefying segment of the sojourn finds its end, the real imposing portion of my marathon begins. For I have a breakfast meeting. Then mid-morning conversations, working luncheon to attend, and afternoon of presentations. Then there's cocktails with the clients and a formal dinner banquet. Afterwards, till midnight, we'll review, report, and rank it. Then asleep until 5.30, shaved and showered out by 6, bolt some breakfast, catch a taxi for a golf and client mix. Run some clubs, buy some golf balls, hustle over to the tee, making sure to let the boss and clients win by 3. Hurry back to the hotel and stoically ignore the bed, for my laptop harbors 1,600 emails unread. Then another working dinner ends with handshakes all around, and I scurry to the airport like a spent, bedraggled hound. No more talking, no more chatting, conversations or discussion. Not in English, Spanish, Portuguese, Italian, French, or Russian. Just get me to my seat, let me sink into that nook. Fasten headphones on my ears and stick my face into a book. While entering the airplane, I encounter a surprise, and I surely must be dreaming, as I can't believe my eyes. Empty seats abound in numbers too abundant to be true, and I seek my sanctuary like a saint pursues his pew. 
I settle in my row next to the window and I smile for there's no one in the middle seat and no one on the aisle. Passenger by passenger, the others find their stations till the boarding is complete and I've preserved my isolation. But my wanton celebration soon receives a course correction when a single flight attendant points a hand in my direction. Then down the center aisle, as welcome as a heart attack, comes a freckled little girl in her commodious backpack. The flight attendant says, it's her first trip by jet airliner. Her name is Katerina. She's an unaccompanied minor. Perfect. <laughs> I intone and try to mask my rising bile as the flight attendant tells her, we'll just seat you on the aisle. So buckling up her seatbelt with her backpack underfoot, she settles in for takeoff as my dream trip goes kaput. <laughs> Reaching cruising altitude, the seatbelt sign is gone, and she reaches for her pack while I pretend to sleep and yawn. She must be eight or nine. She can't be any more than that, as she rummages for something deep within her bulging pack. Through falsely lidded eyes, I deftly peek and take a look. And I can see that she is thumbing through a well-worn photo book. She pauses on each picture, and I can almost hear her sigh. And my heart begins to whisper when I see her wipe her eyes. You can feel the aching sadness, feel it hanging in the air, and I realize my observation's done now without care. She glances my direction, and our eyes meet just like that. My name is Katerina, but my family calls me Kat. Hello, Katerina. I look from my book and say, do you spell that with a C or do you spell it with a K? It's a K, she says, and moves her backpack to her knee. Fishing out a deck of cards, she asks, do you want to play with me? Have you ever had a moment frozen, petrified in time, when your options and your choices seem so clear within your mind? To do the thing your tired flesh and bone want you to do? or listen to that whispered voice that gently beckons you. I know that invitation's author. I know him very well. To be honest, I've ignored his summons more than I can tell. But I also know the wonder of his overture accepted, the pleasure of obedience, of blessings unsuspected. And so, although my tired mind and body want their way, reaching for the middle seat, I lower down the tray. Well, I think I'd better warn you of my skills, cat with a K, my card-playing reputation from Miami to L.A. <laughs> she crinkles up her nose, and knowing grin soon forms and dances. She comments as she shuffles, well, I think I'll take my chances. <laughs> and so we come together, or that empty middle seat, playing fish, old maid, and crazy eights at 30,000 feet. And as we play, cat talks of family and of home, of mom and dad's divorce, and how she's come to fly alone. I'm living with my mom, her voice contained a subtle pity. My dad, he moved a year ago off to another city. I get to see him sometimes, not as often as I wish. Got any threes, she asked me. I answered her, go fish. <laughs> this time it's really different, and she slowly drew a card. I'm not certain how I feel, I think this visit's kind of hard. He says he's met somebody. It's a woman. Her name is Carrie. He says he really loves her and they're planning to get married. 
Her voice grew low and distant. I could sense her worrying. That's got to be confusing for you, cat. Got any kings? She plucked two cards and slid them to me across the tray. I'm nervous just to meet her and to have something to say. I want Dad to be happy, and then she fiddled with her laces. Guess he and Mom will never reconcile. Got any aces? It went this way for miles and miles. I listened and she spoke, breaking from our game to eat some pretzels, drink some Coke. She didn't need my sage advice or what I'd recommend, just someone she could talk to, play cards with, and be her friend. It struck me in that moment that to really love and care is often nothing more than simply choosing to be there. Well, the seatlight belt comes on and we both hear the admonition to please restore your seats to their upright and locked position. And as she buckled up and I put away the middle tray, then settled in our seats, I hear her clear her throat and say, they told me when the plane lands to let other people pass, because I'm flying all alone, I have to get off last. I hope I'm not a little pest. I'd really hate to be, but can I ask if you would stay behind and wait for me? Well, rarely in my journeys and my travels through this world have words so deeply touched me as these words did from this girl. So thankful that I'd put my selfish impulses to rest, I offered her a fist bump and then smile and tell her yes. Soon our aircraft touches down and we taxi to the gate while other travelers all deplane with cat I sit and wait. And there in quiet patience as the people move and stand, she sits, her backpack on her lap and tightly holds my hand. I pray for her protection, that the Lord keep watch above her, that those who wait beyond the door would cherish and would love her. And as the final passenger escapes to hail a cab, the flight attendant says, come on, my dear, let's find your dad. Clinging to her backpack like a puffy life preserver, she offers me a hug and I can softly hear her murmur. The words are barely whispered and as simple as can be, thanks for traveling as my friend and playing cards with me. Then with the flight attendant up the aisle, she moves along, that backpack bobbing up and down and out the door, she's gone. I sit there for a moment and let a flood of joy release, still tired, but rewarded with a special sense of peace. At last, I leave the airplane, walking down to baggage claim to find that bag with tweaky wheels, the one that bears my name. So as this chain of travel moves to forge its final link, at the furthest door, I just can glimpse the backpack, large and pink. A man and woman frame the girl like two protective towers. In one hand, she holds preciously a fresh bouquet of flowers. The other hand is held secure, the woman's kind embrace. My last remembered image is the smile upon her face. Nodding in contentment, I ignore the airport racket and rummage for my cell phone in the pocket of my jacket. What I withdraw instead, no doubting soul can disregard. There resting in my weary hand, a well-worn deck of cards. I run my thumb across the box, a wide grin on display. For there in magic marker, it says cat, spelled with a K.
there is a truth about God that I figured out some time ago. He will rarely come at us from the direction we expect or in the guise we anticipate. God is always on the move, always putting us in situations to hear His voice and do His will. There are times when we anticipate it, look for it, recognize it, and do it. But I wonder how often I have been too discouraged to anticipate it, too distracted to look for it, too blind to recognize it, and too tired to do it. The question we must ask ourselves is, do we love God enough to allow Him to inconvenience us? Will we hear His voice and recognize His prompting at those times when we feel inadequate and just plain wrung out? Remember, it's in our weakness that God manifests His strength. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. Is it any wonder then that He may choose some of our lowest moments to display His glory? Here's a little challenge for us all. The next time you feel your tank is empty emotionally, physically, and spiritually, lift up your head and open your eyes. Invite God to have you see people and circumstances as He sees them. For if you do, I have a feeling you're in for some of your most intimate and powerful moments with Him. Give it a try, won't you? We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. The Unaccompanied Minor was written and narrated by Dana Buck. Devotional thoughts were narrated by Kim Pratt, and this episode was produced by Beneath Blue Skies Productions. So Powerful Parables is a ministry of So Powerful, a nonprofit organization dedicated to empowering women and girls and combating extreme poverty in the African country of Zambia. To find out more, visit our website at sopowerful.org. Also, check out our books, So Powerful Parables and We Are So Powerful, both available on Amazon. All proceeds from the sale of these books go to support the work of our ministry. And finally, check out our other podcast, The So Powerful Podcast, featuring interviews with those who have been touched by this special organization. Until next time, may your life always be filled with beautiful rhymes. <laughs>